This is the Hydrated Mindset Podcast, business in the front, party in the back. And on this week's show, we have Mohammed Usman, who's fresh off his tough 30 win with UFC. Incredible interview with this guy. Uh, can't wait for you guys to hear it. My number one thing was, at the end of the day, I just didn't want to be no failure. Mm. I didn't. I don't want to, you know, you can go through things and you can feel sad. You can feel all these emotions, but... Keep punching. Keep going. Why not? You know, why am I going to stop now? We had so many great tidbits of this conversation with a championship fighter from learning to pick your peer group to manifesting destiny to focusing on being your best self versus your opponents. Do you meditate more when you're feeling pressure and that's when you do it or did it become part of your practice? Like It just kind of becomes part of my practice. Almost know? like you scheduled it in. Yeah, and you just kind of do it when you feel it. You know, like like if you feel any type of ways, and, and or I write in my journal. And I did that in the Ultimate Fighter house, but it really helped me, you know, even after, you know, preparing for this fight. Thank you again for tuning into the Hydrated Mindset podcast. Share this with friends. Hit like and subscribe, even though I don't know if you can do that on a podcast, but do it anyways. You do it on YouTube. You're taking a little clip. I was trying to flex in the back. I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Maddie, go. Fresh off the win. God damn, let this Addy kick in. <laughs> hey, okay, okay, okay. Yo, I'll kill this beat like a lamb to slaughter. Big question for you, can you barf underwater? <laughs> That's what we want to know. Welcome to the Hydrated Mind Test Show. Hey. The Muhammad Usman in the house. Too bad. I'm not going to get punched. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, bro. <laughs> Thank you, guys. The champ. Let's give a round of applause for the yeah, champ. I just Big did. Win. That works better than us. Let's go. Like the whole squad. So, big win, man. How are you feeling? I feel good. You know, it was a big step in my career. And, uh, you know, just take it as it is. And I'm just excited to just go on to the next one. Nice, man. So what's the next step now? Like, is there any rumblings on who the next fight might be or what the next step is? No. I mean, it's going to be one of those guys, you know, and probably towards the middle of the pack and, and or I'm the ultimate fighter winner. So, you know, they're going to, it's an arrow on my back. So. Yeah. So it is what it is, you know, just get back to work and uh, prepare myself to, you know, fight Dominate. the best guys in the world. Dominate. Yeah. Let's go. So you guys were joking. we got two world-class fighters in here. When a fight's over, camp's been hard. You've been, uh, uh, you know, what do you do when it's over? Like, what is it a lot of sleeping and eating and partying? Is it like you're just recuperating? Yeah. You haven't stopped playing Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess the more, the longer you do it, you know, Chris will tell you, you get to certain points like earlier in your career, you know, you want to go party and do this and that. But you get to a point where partying is not, you know, it's just the recovery, you know, just to be able to, just the relief of just like, man, this is, this step is done you know, onto the next step. Now you can kind of just take a deep breath almost mm. like, yeah. and just yeah. kind of like sit at the house only for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, get yeah. like, you yeah. get like anxiety. Cause you, you go like fully yeah. ramped up training every day, doing all this stuff. And then like the fight happens, at least for me, I feel like you probably the same, the fight happens. Then you go home and you're like, Oh, now I'm just going to chill. I'm going to relax. I'm going to party. I'm going to see all my friends. Cause you kind of like cut everybody out. Yeah. You know, you, you stop talking to everybody and you're just in full training mode. And I always remember telling myself like, after this, I'll catch up with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't want to do anything. And then it would be like one or two days of rest. And then I'd start like getting anxiety. I'd be like, I got to get back in the gym. Like I just won. They're going to give me somebody better now. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a give and take. You got to enjoy it though. I was, we were talking at the gym the other day. 
I was like, man, make sure you like enjoy it. Like take some downtime though. No, I mean, I definitely want to, you know, and like, with like getting my hand and, you know, little things that, you know, just little injuries that you get just being in there with the adrenaline that takes at least like a couple weeks to yeah. just kind of wear off. Yeah. You know, because like what coach was talking about adrenaline, like it's such a drug that it's, it's people on the streets, like junkies are literally is the same type of drug that these guys are so addicted to. Right. Because it's so, it's so powerful. Like they even say like the, like the older fighters, like that's why it takes so a guy so long to stop fighting yeah. because they, they keep searching for that, that next high almost that next drug because it's such a powerful thing. And it is like, man, winner's when, high. when you're in there, even in, in the fight, when you're in there, it's almost like you do feel like you're invincible because you don't feel literally a lot. You know, <laughs> you don't get me wrong. You can get hit real hard and you both feel it until the day after. Right. Right. You know, so that, that invincibility drug almost, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, we talk, we've had a lot of athletes on the show, and we talk a lot about, especially even when you're done with sports, like how do you get back to that high, right? Like I used to do stand-up comedy. It used to be the same. You do a big room, uh, you open for Chappelle or somebody, and there's a 1,000 people in the room. You just crush jokes. Uh, and, yeah, you feel that power. You feel the adrenaline. You feel the excitement. You feel the... Uh, I always used to tell them too, it was a little depressing even being a comedian because you'd go crush these shows and then go back to your oh, room yeah. and you'd be just amped for two days. Like music too, yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, how do I fill this gap, right? How do I, there's like, nothing in the world. Everyone's like, screaming at me It's not like you put down a great book and you're like, fuck, I just <laughs> smashed that chapter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing that matches like putting yourself out there and then succeeding, you know? Yeah. When you fight or like any sport, you're out there, people are paying to watch. And like, there's, there's still nerves. And then once you like, you win or whatever, like there's, it's hard to match that high. I don't think drugs match that high. Like, they, cause it's something you worked for. It's well, not I got something, something you just, you. <laughs> it's not something you just like take, you worked for it and yeah. then you get the payoff. Yeah. You know, what's the, so did you have to, you didn't have to cut any weight, right? Uh, just from, just for like performance. Yeah. You know, like everything about what I do in, at this weight class is just a, the weight that I can feel the best and move the best. You know, and still feel strong. What do you walk around at? Probably like 255. And what did you play football at? Uh, 235, 240. Oh, okay. Oh, really? So that's like my football weight. So hence, I like, as much as more and more I keep fighting now, I I, I make a conscious effort to get back to that. Mm. You know, the last couple fights. You feel lighter, quicker. Yeah, when I first started fighting, I was 260, 255, you know, 260-ish in that range. But then more and more as I became a, a pro, at fighting and gotten better, I realized that there's this weight I don't really need. Because mm. when I moved, when I was the best athlete playing football, I was 235, 240. I could pick a guy up 300 pounds, do whatever I wanted. You know, and yeah. I didn't have that extra weight kind of holding you back. Yeah. And in the fight, that extra weight just being on you, you can still have the same speed, but it's on you. Mm. So it's like now I'm pushing with 20 extra pounds compared mm. to 20 pounds off of you. For people who aren't like ex-athletes or whatever, that weight, does it just, you feel like you just get gas quicker, you get... It's a natural, just a natural heavy, if that makes sense. Like, you just got natural heaviness on you. Like, you can still be the same explosive guy. You just got 20 more pounds Mm. now, you know, that... Without it, you can move a little faster by a millisecond if it, if, you know, but that matters. Yeah, yeah. In it's, the like, fight. it's like optimizing your body. I think that's a misconception a lot of people don't realize is they're like, oh, heavyweights, they just show up and everything. Like most of the heavyweights I know have a target weight, 
because that's what they they've dialed it in they know that their body feels the best at this weight you know because there's heavyweights that can just like lose my control right now. and be too fat yeah, like na- natural heavy yeah, you lose, DJ name, dude. i'm you naturally obese right now yeah <laughs> yeah you lose all these things like like steep a lots of heavyweights have like an optimum weight they don't like cut cut i'd have to lose but they want to be like a certain weight because that's where they're like this is like the most optimized my body can be yeah it was crazy, like you say, Stipe. Like I feel like he got to a point where he did master it until he met somebody that he needed a little extra weight to be able to fight. If that makes sense, yeah. Because he's good. Because he can go out there, use his cardio, use his boxing, even his wrestling, and beat a lot of these guys up and finish them. Then you met a guy like Francis that basically are, is times ten, is you times ten, and it's with the same speed. Did you he know? gain weight for that fight? Stipe, no. Stipe came in extremely light, hence you see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, you, he, then after he was like, I should have gained weight for this fight. I think he came yeah. in at like 230. Yeah. You know, you can't fight a guy like that. You can't fight a guy He looks a lot smaller. Yeah. And what do you think the strategy was for Stipe in his camp then? Like he knew he was coming in smaller. Was it? Was so he was going to be wrestling, of course, because that's how he fought him the first time. You know, he's going to set it up, set up a shot, get him down and then control him and then try to gas him out and then just beat on him for five rounds so you and francis are boys right yes and someday that fight between you two may come up yeah if it does but i would never fight francis you wouldn't no nah, that's my that's what family. if it what if it's for the belt though nah, see i'd fight my brother for the belt we, we've already decided that like if, if we're both making millions of dollars like we've said it before people used to ask like would you guys fight each other i'm like who wins that if fight was, i don't know it depends <laughs> on the day yeah yeah you know it, that's a toss-up like yeah most of the like not most of these but a lot of them are you know just because like guys lose in the cage doesn't mean that they're the worst fighters just that night yep they weren't the Mm, best yeah because you could dominate a guy in the training room all the time and then in the fight lose because it's just that give any given night any given sunday remember that movie it's any given night in fighting yeah and like so going into that you fought zach is it palga and you guys were training partners for a long time, right? You just uh, kind of split mean, teams? This misconception, this, it wasn't a long time. Oh, really? You no, know, we, we barely ever even sparred. Oh, I, I sparred, thought you guys I, were there I, every day. Like, no, I would see him every day for the most part when, when it comes to, like, being in the gym together. But when it comes to, like, me and him training, hardly ever trained with me because he was a 205-pounder, you know? Uh, so they always had me going with the monsters, like Curtis and the bigger guys. Yeah. And he never wanted to spar with me. We had probably... A, I can count on one hand the sparring sessions we've had the whole time I've been in Denver. And, you know, and then when guys get on the mic when they get their, their little, you know, their time and start talking <laughs> about two years. And I haven't even been in Denver two years. How, how, did I, how did you train with me for two years when I've only been in Denver since last April? Yeah, okay. Because, like, you know, I train with you and everything, but yeah. I thought you guys were former training partners. Yeah, we, like, we were because I, I was training with Vinny and those guys at Elevation, you know, and when that – but. Me, us all training doesn't mean we personally train together. That was uh, never that. Mm. You know, it's just that it's just like the group, the session. Like, boom, everybody shows up for the eleven o'clock session. You're in the He's same there. room. Yeah, we're in the same room, but never like, oh, I'm gonna go. With you come on, you know, or let's spar. Me and you spar. He always sparred the little guys because that's what he was you fighting at the time. They were yeah. lying for like the clout almost. Hundred like, percent, like mm. piggybacking. Yeah, and at, at the end of the day, that's why I just I respect everybody and I treat everybody with the same respect because fighting ain't easy, you know. Yeah. And it gets to a point where you understand that it's not easy. You just just focus on yourself, number one, you know. And when you see other people focusing on you and you're focused on yourself, that means you're winning, you yeah. know. And then when I start hearing certain things, I'll get to the gym and they're saying, 
He's just saying all these things. I'm going to beat him up and do this, do that. I've been training with him for two years. And I'm thinking like, bro, I haven't even been in Denver for two Does years. Does any of that ever get to you guys? Like when someone starts running their mouth and you've been, you've been kind of tied with them? It, it didn't get to me because, you know, we, they know the dynamic, you know, and it's like, we don't got to go into full details, but we all know the dynamic of why I don't train with those guys anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? So, he knows. We all know. So him doing them doing that, they it's something in them that they're just you know they don't want to get out. Almost, it's like they're they're, they're hiding around. The, you know, they're hiding around their words. Yeah. And how do you tune some of that stuff out? Just focus on yourself, man, and just just really just go back to just being able to focus on what you want to do in the in the cage in the octagon and just think about like execute. So do you have any tricks like? Um We've talked a lot about on the show as our brand is growing. We get a lot of heat from a lot of people all the time. Um, we've even gotten death threats. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, because we're a publicly traded company, we have shareholders. Some people don't like what we do from time to time, so we just get a lot of flack. Is there anything you would tell anyone out there who's building a thing? Like, how do you stay in your lane? Do you, do you have any, do you like not turn the computer on when you go home? Do you stay off um, Instagram? Like, when you're, when you're really dialed in. Yeah, when you're really dialed in, you you really try to block out the noise, you know? And yeah, like I'll do, I will shut my phone off or I will put it out, you know, cause at the end of the day, that's, it's all distractions. Mm. You know, people are just putting all these random things up, this and that on the phone. And you'll get so caught up in it that it you would lose reality almost, yeah. you know? So it's like, I'll, I would move that aside. I, and I, like I meditate, mm. just really just take time to yourself. You know, like our coach, uh, uh, Tremaine was telling me, he was like getting closer to the fight. He was like, do things to take your mind off the fight. So like even when we were in Vegas, we went and watched the Jabberwockies, you know? Oh, yes. Because we did that. It was pretty awesome because they got a residency at the uh, MGM. Yeah, yeah. So it was the day before the fight, you know? Everybody's all freaking out and this and that. Yeah. We're like, let's just go do something that completely takes our mind off fighting because we know we're going to hit each other tomorrow. Yeah. Let's just go do something let's that completely... Watch people pop and lock. Bro, it was... Fun. It was in, but it was like... They're really talented, you they're know? They're so good. And they're, they're really in their own respected rights. And yeah. they're really talented and they work hard. And it was just a it was just a difference, you know, just relaxing. And before you know it, you're not even thinking about fighting no more because you're all in the music, dancing. And then you get back to the room. It's like, okay, well, I'll fight tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And, and then it's like, and it, it was it was really pretty. It was it was really good, man. And I did that, and I, that really helped me this fight. And so you went with the whole team. You guys uh, yeah, I went with Coach Jake, all my just my team, Grant, you know, Peter, uh, Jay Ho. Yep, Grant Neal. Did, yeah. did Grant yeah. come out to awesome. fight? Was he yeah, in the yeah. Oh, sick. He was my main training partner besides Chris. Oh, we love Grant. Yeah, we so love Grant. I, so I just had to bring him out. Man. He goes he was, to the clubs with me. He's so funny. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Grant's my guy. Yeah, get close to the. If you could pull a little closer too. No, that that is, that is right Perfect. though. Um, Half the time, I don't even think about the fight, like especially fight week. I don't think about the fight until it's two different things, like all week, because fighting is a stressful fucking thing already, right? So, life in general, I always try to just minimize it. So, whether it was in Vegas or whatever, I'd be playing craps or cards or whatever. I do all my so. Do you so? So, so how did you? How do you meditate? Like certain people do transcendental. They they do guided stuff, mindfulness. Yeah. Do, Do you meditate more when you're feeling pressure, and that's when you do it, or did it become part of your practice? Like it just kind of becomes part of my practice. Almost you know? like you scheduled it in. Yeah, and you just kind of do it when you feel it. You know, like like if you feel any type of ways, and, and or I write in my journal. And I did that in the Ultimate Fighter house, but it really helped me, you know, even after, you know, preparing for this fight. You, you don't know? mind me asking, like, when you're writing in the journal, is it is it a daily practice to just get stuff out? Yes. Whatever you feel, your emotions, I get it out. Mm. Like, if I, if I, like, I got to a point where I was, 
at first I was like trying to write about fighting and write about this, but then I just started writing about my feelings. Like, how am I feeling today? What do I want to accomplish today? Mm. You know, I'm asking because sometimes journaling, I think for people can feel like a job. You're like, you don't know what to put just, down. You know what I mean? You, I feel like with me, I just kind of just take it off my head. You know, whatever just comes in my head that you're just thinking about writing, you just put it on paper. And so, if, would an entry for you be like, I'm feeling a little stressed today because of this, this, this? Uh, entry for me would be, okay, you know, this was this is Tuesday. You know, this is uh, I got sparring today. I want to be able to I want to be able to focus on what I need to. I want to be able to stay in the moment. Posture. Listen to your coaches. Do what you need to do. Don't worry about anything else, any outside noise or anything. I'll write all that down. And by me writing it down, it kind of goes back in and becomes an internal thing for mm. me. And it helps me focus just that much more. Mm. Like flushes it out of your head so it yeah. doesn't circulate. Do you, th- um, do you think more people should should practice that in all walks of life? Just like, And do you think more people don't do it because it feels like a chore? Like they don't, they don't think they have the time to do it? 100%. And it's like... You know, people don't have the time because I feel like you, you know, you put too much other things into your time. If you really schedule and get your time around the things that really matter, that you that are going to be beneficial towards you, you'll find out that you really have a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Time for things you care for. Yeah. Look yeah. at how much time you spend on Instagram. Your phone will show you. You know, like fucking three hours a day and you're like, oh, I could have Dude, I didn't have my minutes. phone for six days. This is a kind of a funny story, but didn't have a phone for six days. And it showed me how not present I am most days. 100%. And it wasn't even Instagram. Like, it was like, you know, again, being a CEO of a company, I get lots of emails, lots of texts, lots of questions, lots of calls. I realize that in most days, I'm so glued to it just for those other things, too, that I'm not, I'm not present. Those six days for me were, uh, it, was, it was refreshing, sort of, sort of like a sabbatical from my phone and made me remember that I need to be more present and more yeah, there's like connected to what's rehab really for phone uh, addiction and like so so do all that the meditation thing so like have you just built it into the schedule and who who kind of got you onto the meditation uh, I mean I've kind of been aware about it now for a long time but the more and more that I got into you know of course fighting and then you know you meet a lot of different coaches and like even me meeting like Coach Tremaine and Coach Peter you know Peter does a lot of that like even after our, our sessions he'll have us just lay down and like you mm. know close our eyes visualize. And, then, and visualize and tell yourself like what be present like what could you have done better what do you want to improve you know and then visualize what you want to improve on the next time you come in you know into the gym. You know, and just focus on the people that care about you, mm. people that you, you know, you care That's about, dope. you know, and then you close your eyes and you just visualize that. And then he'll tell you to take a deep breath and exhale like out of, out of that moment, you know, so it's, uh, dope. it's pretty dope. Yo, so have you guys seen, I watched a movie that blew my mind the other night. Are you a movie guy? You like movies? I like movies. So you remember when those 13 kids got trapped in Thailand uh, oh, and the whole cave? world, yeah, the whole world came to save him. Basically, Seventeen thousand volunteers, the U.S. military, uh, yeah, I remember the that. Navy SEALs of Thailand. Uh, uh, so these thirteen boys, after soccer practice with their coach, go to this cave in Thailand. That's literally the cave is like five miles long. It goes into the mountain five miles, and it was a it was a park in Thailand that people could enjoy. And and so they after practice they go. Well, monsoon season came early, and they all got trapped by these floods in this cave. And they brought divers from all over the world to dive through this cave. For seven hours at a time. Little vessels for them to like. No, the story is crazy. It's just leading to the point that one of the things that they think saved them was their coach taught them to meditate as they were trapped in this cave to keep their emotions in check. Like so calm they, your mind. Yeah, yeah, so they wouldn't panic. He would take these like 10-year-old boys to these meditations and it, it basically, they say, 
it saved their lives or else they would have panicked and like, so it was just an amazing story about meditation. But yeah, the story is they basically gave them ketamine. So that basically with the first divers, the, 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 yeah, the first, the first divers who made it through, he played them liquid drum and bass. Like, no, the whole time. it's like a, it was like a seven hour dive. It's like four miles in the, in the most treacherous conditions imaginable. The first divers who get there, they basically figure out, look, we could make this, but they'll never make the swim. So the one diver was really concerned. He's like, they're all going to die. Yeah. They brought in a doctor who was like, if we put them under, like we're giving them surgery. They, so they put them all out, put scuba gear on them and drug them out. Oh, I didn't unconscious. know that part. Was I, it the, I remember, bro, I remember so savage. Going on. And, and the doctor was like, okay, these are kids. So if we give them too much ketamine, their respiratory system <laughs> fails, they die. If they wake up during the dive, which is seven hours, they die because of panic. So it was like this amazing balance. Was of, it their rescue or 13 lives? Yeah, but they, so they or just did a the movie. The, there's two movies out on it. One's looking. a documentary. One's a. I'm gonna have to check that out. I remember when crazy that was going film. On. But meditation is what what like you know in the moment when they were stuck in that cave, what brought them to center and kind of kept them calm and. Um, yeah, the mind is a powerful thing. We got to train the mind just like anything else, and no matter what you do, sports, fights, whatever, business, everything. You should you teach that in the workplace, huh? Like. Should almost have like a four thirty every day after the day. There's a meditation. You get everyone to here. sit down and uh, process. We don't yeah. do that in business. It feels like every time in business, you feel like the more connected you are, the more you're doing. And I don't think that's the case. We're taught not to like have feelings, so we repress them. But what he's saying, like you write down, you actually feel your feelings, gets them out of the way, so you can. The last. No, I just think too. We're just so busy. Someone else. We're just so busy. We never take the time to process anything. The last few fight weeks, I did the same thing. I got it from Whitney. Actually, it was called a brain dump, right? So she's like, you just write, like write at least three pages. It doesn't have to make sense. It literally, like the sentences don't even have to be coherent. Anything that comes in your mind, you write it down. And at the end, you just rip it up, throw it away. And it, it did I feel keep, good. I keep all mine. Do you? So <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can make you ever memoirs. Review them? You can make huh? a book. Do you ever review them? Yeah, from the, from the beginning, the way that I structured mine, it's like when you open it, I have my quotes like two quotes that mean a lot to me, you know, then I put tough champion and I signed it before I even became tough champion. Mm. I signed it. Then I got all like my, uh, my notes from my coaches. So coach Jake, and I put all his notes down. Peter, I put all his notes down. Justin, coach Jeho, I put all his notes down. Then I even talked to Rashad before the show. He gave me his notes. Then my a coach from Dallas, coach Steven, mm. I put his notes down, you know? So I had all these notes there before I went into the house that I would always review every day yeah. just to kind of help me review you know your posture you know my attacks from coach jho like different attacks that i know i have that you know more and more i review them they just keep going screwing in there because when you're in the middle of a fight you don't really think about anything you i mean of course you want to focus but you don't really understand these attacks are second nature mm. so the more and more i study them they just all became second nature so you you're know? subconscious at that exactly point. Yeah. so that's what i did a lot of and like even with the the fighting zach I knew he was from Denver. Coach Peter even had me right in there. Zach, I had a whole bio on him if I fight him in the show. You know? I did that when I went on. I had a bio on everybody. My coaches and everything broke down. My coaches wrote me 
notes and shit too that I read through because like so for people that don't know the tough house is fucking miserable right you don't get books magazine no contact with the outside world no music like you can't have headphones it's a nice prison because yeah yeah, it's luxury jail you can have as good as much I loved it I know I mean it's different from I'm different than other people man I, I absolutely loved it because it's like any chance I can get to say you know screw the world you know, it's, yeah. I'll take it. It's like you know? forced peacefulness almost. No, it's like any chance. Don't get me wrong. That first one or two days, like, oh, man, I don't have a phone. But then it's like, phones, what are phones? Yeah. Bro, I got free food. I got clothes. Good I got good food. I, I'm cooking steak every day, eggs, mushrooms, whatever I want. So I got fruit. I got everything I want. And then I put myself on, like we said, you don't have time. I completely put myself on such a schedule that it was it was just, it was a smooth ride for me. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, eat, cook yeah. my breakfast, get ready to train. By the time we come back from training, you eat lunch, then you know, probably try to get a nap, then you got to go back to training. Come back from training, boom, I eat dinner, it's already late. Then I try to do a little recovery, go to sleep. Yeah. Every day. It's crazy how in the world sometimes you think like like lack of schedule will make you happier when it's when discipline and structure make you incredibly happy. Oh, man. I had a Yo, good, so did, I had a good time on it too. I'm just saying like it, it can be mentally draining yeah. right as it went by because you're like, well you're living with these motherfuckers that you're fighting and everything yeah. and you're like get away from me or like you want people to leave you alone. Some people don't have any boundaries. If everybody just kept to themselves, it would be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. they pick personalities that are gonna like. Rock the boat, yeah. They do personality yeah. tests. They pick yeah. personalities that are going to clash at some point, whether it's like, I remember there was a guy that kept like spitting all this chew and shit in my sink that like I shared with him. So I'd go to brush my teeth in the morning, <laughs> there was chew spit and everything. And him and I were cool, but one day I was like, I'm like, bro, stop spitting in the fucking sink that I like brush my teeth. It was yeah, weird. Like little nice. things fucking get to you. Yeah. Um, do you think the meditation, uh, I heard uh, Stylebender once talk about, and you can see it sometimes in his corner where he's, using breathing techniques it almost looks like he's meditating has some of the meditating carried over into the actual fighting like i know you said the subconscious part but are there moments in fights now or even training where you kind of harness that meditation state um yes and i and i'm not like saying i'm just oh, like <laughs> yeah, zen out. No, yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like taking a step like he's just to kind of just just to kind of just be like my the thing I tell myself is just to be present, mm. you know, because as like sometimes like when you when you fight and like I've had fights that I've like I had a fight that I lost like when I fought the PFL that it was just so like I don't the word is like it was just so much going on that I, I didn't feel like I was there like overwhelmed like, yeah it's basically if you don't mind me asking bro what do you, a lot going on just like what do you mean just in the aspect of the PFL we did a 17 day quarantine he was in it with me when mm. I was there oh yeah, no shit we did, we did a 17 day quarantine like I basically didn't go outside for 17 days mm. and then just you know your mind is playing tricks on you and then their structure of how they do things is not the best mm-hmm. I mean per se yeah. like you know and, and and I wasn't used to it you know and it's never an excuse but that's why but when you learn you learn you know mm-hmm. so when I knew boom okay wow this will never happen again you know like you walking out with my flag I turn around my coaches are nowhere to be found I'm looking around like where the who am mm-hmm. I giving my flag to yeah. what am I doing yeah. and I go inside there's no ref Julian just announces, let's go, fight, Muhammad. And I'm looking like it, the way that he structured it, it didn't, it, it threw me for a loop. And I, and, it, and I didn't feel present. I didn't feel like I was there. I was literally moving around in, in the octagon, I mean, in the cage, but I, I wasn't there. So if you were yeah. coaching a young fighter and you, and you could see this coming, 
And if you're like, hey, man, these things might happen and throw you off your game, how would you teach them to take a moment to be present? Just, you know, just stay in your, stay in the, like, stay in your mindset and your thoughts, meaning, like, just focus on what you do. Overly focus if you need to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I'm just in there just fighting, then I'll get back to, like, the basics. Okay, posture. I'll get back to my posture. Like you're telling yourself yes. that. Yes. Mm. I'm like, posture. Get back to my posture. Get back to my basics. You know, if, if, you, if you get beat up, you know, uh, escape. Put your hands up. Get your guard back. You know, just regroup yourself and just be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know how to fight. We all do. But it's, it's, those, it's, it's those guys that can really be present in the moment, that can really harness the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my number one thing in, in where I'm at right now in my life. It's about just, you know, of course we can have fun. We can do a lot of things. But when it's time to go, I'm very present in the moment. And I'm, and I'm where I'm, I can harness it. You know, you want to harness the moment, you know, and that's one thing I had about football when I played football a long time. It's like I used to just go out there and just be athletic and this and that and be in the moment, you know, and, it's, and you'll just be in the moment when you're just on. Like I yeah. come off the edge, I get a sack. I'm, you know, that's the moment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're back on and it's like you feel unstoppable. I go, go get another tackle, go get, go do this. That's the moment. Mm. And when you feel that, you know you can get there. That's, a, that's the moment we look for in even in MMA. Yeah. You land a, a beautiful punch. Boom, you step off. You land another one. And it's like, oh, I'm in the moment. Yeah. So It's like flow. Yeah. Right? yeah. When you flew it, that dude, like it. That was the moment. Yeah, dude. And I don't know how to explain it. That was, um, that was the moment where it's like, boom, like we're just, we're, we're all fighting. We're flowing. And I land and he falls. But then him falling, you know, other people would have been like stopped and just was like, okay, ref. But that's not the moment. I was so completely in the moment that all I saw was the ref wasn't there, that I, I knocked him down and I need to finish. And it was just like a reaction thing. Mm, and yeah. my body naturally reacted to just going to finish. It was so fast to flow into that part. It, you can tell. Well, that's what I tell people too. Like whenever I've watched fights with friends that don't fight and everything. And they're like, oh, why do you have to hit him after that and everything? I'm like, when you're in the moment. So yeah, fighting, you're thinking steps ahead. So you don't drop somebody and be like, oh, I just dropped him. You hit, landed that punch and you're already thinking about what you're going to do next. It takes like two seconds probably before you catch up to time because you're ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking about what just happened, you're behind. Exactly. Like you're getting tagged up. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting that you say that about PFL and coming out. And I like what you said, like um, the tactic of, you know, if, if at work in a fight, if you're feeling pressure, there's some self-talk you can give yourself that bring you back to a basic moment that you know how to control. I love that. Like a grounding. Yeah, you could do it in a negotiation, right? Let's say the negotiation, because negotiation to me is fighting. It's just with words. Uh, and oftentimes there's huge stakes. In a negotiation, if you feel that the conversation is veered off or you're losing the conversation, you could bring yourself back with that self-talk meditation to go, okay, back to basics. What do I want in this deal? Where do I want this conversation to go to bring it back and not get off course? Yeah. I like that. You know, you know the next step you're going to. Yeah, I like that. You want to, One thing, I don't know if you're going to get off fighting yet, but I wanted to ask you this, and I didn't ask you it at the gym, because I train with you all the time, and I saw something different in your fight, and I was like, oh, like, it, it was again, I was like, he's in it. Because the first round, I could see you were reading him, right? Yes. You, you weren't being real aggressive, but you were reading him. Like, Did you say I, that was your style in the beginning, to be aggressive? 
Like that um, football player in you is like always like. I'm, I'm naturally aggressive just in general, meaning like I don't have to just shoot forward. It's just it's yeah. an energy thing mm. when you're aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to just go out there and throw a million punches to be aggressive. I, I'm naturally aggressive, and I was aggressive in in the fight just for me being who I am. I just wasn't you know going yeah. going on. I was basically like coach say like I was taking little pictures because I wanted to just see exactly what he was going to. Like try to do because I already know who I am, the type of fighter I am, and I can be fast. I can whatever, whatever type of tempo we want to go, I, we can go. But I saw exactly what he was looking for in the fight, which was just to score points. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. My question is like, because training day and day, like you're you're more aggressive. I'm not saying you just run forward throwing, but I could see it in the first round. I was like, all right, like because the way you were reacting to what he threw. You weren't like stressed about it. You weren't panicking. Exactly. But I could see your ins and outs. This is like a more intellectual, like look at like what he was doing. Yeah. Ins and dope. outs. But then the second round, you came out pushing forward and you were being aggressive. This won't make sense to most people. You were m being aggressive with your movement. So you were keeping him like worried because you can move forward, move yes. forward, but you weren't throwing a lot. No. And you were just reading it. And then it worked out in the second round because I was like, holy shit. Hey, Chris, like, real quick, so aggressive with movement, you mean like feints, moving angles, that kind of thing? Okay. You don't have to throw anything to be aggressive. Like getting in his head with it's your like body language. language. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because uh, I was watching him. And uh, of course, you know, I'm fighting, but I'm like his movements. Like at the end of the day, you know, you're in a fight with somebody. You know when you can, it's an like energy thing. Like I could feel he was scared. And in the aspect of like, you know, he was throwing scared. Meaning, like, I could feel it. It's like, and you know when somebody's in there. Like, if you're in there with Francis, you know he's throwing to kill you. It's different when you know somebody's throwing scared. Like, like you know, he's throw, reacting. Throw as fast as he can and just get out of there. Mm. Like, even when he came in with that jab, he didn't even look where he was putting it. Yeah. He just kind of, like, did this and then tried to get out of there. But then his hands were into his face, so all I got to do was just turn over the hook. Because he was rushing in, which I saw, and I was like, man, like, you should guys do that when they're more nervous because exactly. they're, not, they're not being like technical setting it up. Exactly. I could see him take a breath and then rush you. Exactly. And he was doing that and then try to get out as, as fast as he can. And yeah. I caught him on the way Why out. would guys in a fight rush in when they're nervous? It, what, like, what's the mind frame right there? It's like a scared cat. You it's know? Like, re like reactive. Yeah, like a coach was saying, it's like a scared cat. You build up your anxiety so much that you exactly. feel cornered. Exactly. Mm. And then so then you feel dangerous. Like, I got to do something. You're going to throw, you're going to do scratch, kick, throw, and do whatever you have to do to get over that, that hump. And I, and I knew that, and I recognized that even before the fight, even at the weigh-ins. Okay. The way that he even... How did you notice it? I could feel him. It's mm. an energy thing. I'm, a, I'm like, it's like you can absorb people's energy just by how they are. Like, it's a confidence thing. And even when we did the weigh-ins, I could feel he was breathing hard. It was different little things like that. I feel like, like I got this. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, somebody that does that is, like, because all our nerves are going. Somebody be lying to you they tell you they don't got nerves. Yeah. And we, and we all we know, do. And we know we're not fighting at weigh-ins, so when yeah. guys do that, like, usually weigh-ins, I'm Dude, probably, like, a heavy nervous, I, mean, I know we're not getting paid tonight. I, we know we're not fighting. You might push me or whatever. You might throw one punch. But we're not fighting. So when you see guys, like, huffing and puffing at weigh-ins... It's more of a nervous reaction. Yeah, I think, and you're, we're, we're, everybody's nervous. Let's get it. Like yeah. anything you do when it comes to fighting another guy during fight week, you have nerves. Yeah, you know, even on the ends. I had nerves. I hope I look good. Hope I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you nerves, but it's just honing them. It's when you, when you feel nerves for you at this stage, because you, you're, you're obviously going to go on and do amazing things in this big fight. Um, when you feel nerves, what's, a, what's something you do? To oh, sort of man. to push them out. I just said, fuck it. 
<laughs> when too. I feel nerves, bro, I should try that. I just get to a point now, man. I just say fuck it. I just get to a point now, and I feel nerves. Honestly, I just look at myself and say fuck it, and I t- tell myself, I was like, this world, man, that I live in. There's people that do it, and the people that don't do it. I'm yeah. gonna be the motherfucker that does it. Yeah. So fuck it, and let's go. And, and that's, that's why what you're, I do. And that's why you're there, and other people are watching you're the it champ, home. dude. Yeah. Because that that step is actually bigger than we think. Which step? That step of saying, fuck it, yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to do it. Because Now, when you say in those moments for you guys, like, again, playing sports or running a company, I, I have those nerves, too, all the time still about big deals and all kinds of stuff. Do you Are you saying, fuck it, like, I know there's going to be an outcome, and I'm going yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to submit to whatever the fuck that is. The reality exactly. is I'm the man in the ring. Exactly. I've prepared enough that I can just say, fuck it, and trust it. And yeah. just be like you, because you you know you're nervous, but you're not nervous because you don't know what you're doing. Right. You're just nervous because it's the moment. So then, as the, the moment, the nerves, everything just still building up, and it gets to that point where right there, where you want to just boil over, fuck it, and you just come right back down, mm. and then let's go. You're putting you know? failure on the line, like there's no gray area, right? Exactly. It's it's win or fail. So you're at that fuck it line where you're gonna slide in between these two and go one way or the other, or you could pack up and go home. Yeah. You know, so Anthony and home. Leinhart was on the podcast not too long ago, and he he was saying, you know, in sports and especially fighting, you have to be able to step into that failure and be comfortable with the fact that there is going to be an outcome one way or the other, and, yeah. and sort of step into that. I was telling Maddie, I was dealing with some anxiety with the company not too long ago, and. I noticed I was kind of walking away from some fears. I was, I, I'd fill it with other time, like Instagram and other bullshit. And I had this moment one night at the gym where I was like, I need to step into these fears and just own whatever outcome there is, which yeah. gave me a lot of confidence to nerves mean you care. That's what I always tell myself. Yeah, if hey, I, if cool. I get nervous, like before a show, I'm like, I care about this. I want to do well. So cool. I'll do yeah. well. You own it. Like that's like yeah. the main thing is like, no, it's crazy too. When the stakes get higher, like, uh, that's what's so impressive about your brother and Stylebender and some of these guys who always just seem so relaxed all the time. When the stakes get higher too, the nerves get crazier. Like as our company's grown and the stakes get higher and higher, there's more money, there's more employees, there's more. You have more to care about. Too. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I've avoided some of those emotions, you know? Um, yeah. I would say those, those long time champions, that's, that's their biggest, that's their biggest power. They're all, everybody at that level or the UFC level, everybody's good. But those guys that stay champion or like winning forever, their biggest power is the fact that they know how to like hone it in, control all of that, uh, control the emotions, all of it, and do what they need to do. Yeah. Because the, the nerves and anxiety get to a lot of people. You see title contenders come in, they work forever for their shot at the title, and then they don't look the same because they can't control it. Yeah. So champions, most of them, I think their biggest trait is being able to control it. And that's what separates them from even the upper level. And then there's like the elite level. Yeah. I mean, you look at like Khabib and some of these guys who, who, you know, Khabib's probably one of the, he's one of the coldest dudes. Cool. You know? Yeah. Cool as a cucumber. Every time he walks out to the ring, just like, is it practice that gets there? Like you start off your first fight and you're nervous and you may have that kind of like fall to the failure line, but there's like probably some sort of tipping point. Where you hit the, I can do this, I can do this. Like, up yeah, confidence question, builds. Maddie. I think it's a mentality you just build into yourself, like doing some of the like brain training type stuff of just. Well, what day do you guys in, say for you two? For you two, like again, um, being an athlete, you fail enough in practice, and or you practice enough that when you get to the game, you feel very confident. You guys do a lot of preparation, so. But would you say? In your guys' careers, like in business, I can tell you I've failed so many times that I'm not afraid of the failure anymore, right? Uh, would you guys say part of the practice for you is like 
you've been whooped in practice a few times. You've, you've, you felt that it's failure exposure therapy almost. Yeah. Is that part of it? A hundred percent. Like, uh, that's like when it goes back to like grant, you know, like, it's different when you're in a fight, you know, when it's training, training is way harder than the fight because yeah. it's the buildup. It's every, it's the soreness every day. It's I go get a hard session today and I got to roll around and do a hard session tomorrow. I got to roll around and do another hard session. There's never no easy sessions with right, this guy right. or any of these guys or Chris. So then you sit back and you think like, man, this is tough. This is hard. I'm, I, I feel terrible. My body doesn't feel good, but I know that I put that work in during training to push my body to a level where it's completely broken down i know i'm gonna recover and be ready for one fight yeah yeah <laughs> one fight that i can unleash on when i've been going against these crazy monsters for however many months and i now got one fight to completely heal and be myself and go knock somebody's face off mm. so it's uh so it's part it. of the team aspect is like some of these guys like you're saying you're facing monsters in the gym this yes. guy's got nothing on grant well i'll give you yeah, if i can roll with grant 100 percent. yeah mm. and i'll give you an insight to it too so the difference with training is um excuse me leading up to this fight when he was training so sparring days he'd do eight rounds straight right so eight fives fuck um but grant and i would rotate rounds so we, we come in fresh each time <laughs> yeah. so i take five That's minutes rough. off and then i come back in but grant grant's in then i'm in grant's in so he's going to get yeah, fresh yeah. people so then when you get to the fight that guy's power meter and and stamina is going down just like yours but you're learning to sustain it because you just went with fresh guys back and forth for longer than the fight even 100 mm percent -hmm. mm. More than double the fight. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Navy SEAL training, right? By the time those guys see action, they've seen enough of it that, yeah. that we, muscle's already built. Yeah, we train up here to fight down here. It's like, like the baseball mm, guys that have like the four bats. You have a 15-minute fight, we train 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. If you got a championship fight, we might train an hour. Yeah. Because then that tiredness doesn't set in until halfway through, yeah. if that makes yeah. any sense. 100%. So, so in terms of your like mental toughness, uh, I know you've gone through some setbacks in life and uh, you had some personal things happen and, and, and those are really tough things to go through. You know, I think that would have broken a lot of people in terms of your like pushing through that. How'd you push through that? Like to get to this point of, um, I mean, it wasn't easy. You know, it's not easy. No, there's no, there's no days that are easy. And uh, I just kind of made peace with that. I've kind of made peace that it's not easy. There's no days that are that are easy. I are just you got, human in the sense that there are times you want might have wanted to quit? Like was oh uh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent, yeah. a lot of times. And uh, but and then you just get to that point where you realize, if I quit, then who am I? What am I? You know, we only have this one life that we live, and then we're all gonna die, and we're all gonna go on to something else. If if I can't be somebody in this world you know that people like oh man he did it yeah you know or i'm just gonna be the guy like oh man he had this terrible thing happen to him and he fucking quit and now he's just a fucking bum that quit on himself because something terrible happened to him terrible shit happened to people every fucking day right you know so i, I had to realize that about myself that as much as i want to feel sorry for myself mm. and and feel down and feel all these emotions which i do feel all every day yeah i can't quit you know, I still gotta be. I still gotta be worth the shit. I still gotta do something to make myself be who I am. You know, because who I am is even why I'm here today, speaking to you guys or doing this. If I wasn't this and I quit on myself, I wouldn't be worth the shit, and I'd be on the streets saying, "Oh man, I had something terrible happen to me, but I quit." Yeah. So I didn't want to be that guy. What would like you tell that. somebody like? Um, I think a lot of business people or people who aren't athletes who listen to this, maybe trying to build something at that point, maybe something bad happened. 
what would you, how would you encourage them? Would it be like, if you were to give them a, you know, like if you were the doctor and you were like, here, I'm going to diagnose these things to get through a tough time. Would it be work out more? Would it be spend more time with homies who are strong? Would it be find your vision? Like what, what would you tell someone Um, as a guy who's been through a lot and accomplished a lot? What would you tell somebody? Well, I can't really per se say what would I tell somebody because everybody's kind of different in how they handle their own emotions. All I would say is just like, you know, be in the feeling, (laughs) you know, like be in it, like feel what you need to feel. What do you, you mean know, by that? Meaning like feel sad, like mm. feel whatever you need to feel. You think a lot of people, bad things happen. They're afraid to be sad even. Oh man. Like I, I got so much like shit for people uh, was telling me like, oh, you were crying so much on the show. You were doing this. You were doing that. You always was crying. You always was doing this. And I, and I've kind of gotten to a point in my life that any of these guys wouldn't ever even stand in front of me. It's one of those that was like the show was so emotional. Wait, for like me. other fighters were talking shit? No, of course the fighters were talking shit because that's just how people do. But just the fans alone, people that watch like the, the show, casual person yeah, everybody's like, all, all he does people. is cry, all he does is cry and this and that. But they don't understand that like I'm letting out so much emotion that it, it meant so much to me to just even be just to even still be able to just keep going and be in the moment. So yeah, I would let it out. And as soon as I would let it out, I would be, you know, I'll just go right back into my, mm. you know, it's almost like I, I, I wash myself. I cleanse myself. You allow yourself to feel it. And then I'll go right I back think, into being focused. I think that's deep, bro. Again, you're an alpha male, you're a fighter, you're a scary guy. I think a lot of guys uh, or people in the world don't feel like they can let out emotion or feel something or even let people see them feel that. I think that's fucking deep. So you're saying if you are sad, you have to practice that. But we've talked about this with alpha men. Like I always tell men, like, I think the most courageous thing you can do is be vulnerable. Of course. Uh, You being an alpha male, like too, like it's a misconstrued misconstrued that you being an alpha male means you don't cry. Like, or or you you don't don't feel feel emotions. Like that's incorrect. You know? I, those these these emotions that I feel and these things are things that have hurt me that have that have made me, done something to my soul that I have to kind of help myself rebuild or try to fix. So me being an alpha doesn't have anything to do with that. You know that's just yeah, yeah. you know if anything you fixing that makes you even more alpha alpha yeah. than you not fixing that and you going yeah. around faking it trying to be this guy with everybody and be all Rawr. yeah like, that's tough deep, guy bro. you know. You know, like, you did know, you, did you come to that conclusion just sort of like on your own or did someone coach you through like, dude, just feel it, let it out? Uh, I mean, of course, you know, you've had a lot of people talk to you along the way that tries to help you. And of course, you, you take what you can from people, you know, like, you know, let's say we have a talk. I'll take the I'll take the advice that I feel like resonates with me from you. And I'll go I'll have a talk with another coach. You'll take some, whatever you feel resonates yeah. from what they do. So that's just this world we live in. You listen and you learn. Yeah. You take what you need to take from people and you put it into yourself and you make yourself better, you know? And uh, my number one thing was at the end of the day, I just didn't want to be no failure. Mm. I didn't, I don't want to, you know, you can go through things and you can feel sad. You can feel all these emotions, but keep punching, keep going. Why not? You know, why am I going to stop now? Did you, you know? did you have other men in your life at the time? I know your brother and all that, but any other, like your coaches that you shared those emotions with that, that yeah. you felt like, cause I, I think Southern, I think other men too, we've had this conversation a lot on the show about, I think men in life, they try to isolate us on purpose. And I think, I think I have this huge heart for athletes once they're done, because I'm worried about, I know you don't have the group anymore, the locker room, that connection, the group, uh, were there other men that you got to share with at the time that, that 
helped you get through some of those emotions? Yeah, like, uh, you know, like my coaches, you know, like, you know, Coach Jake and uh, everybody. Like, you know, they, they knew because I would tell them, like, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, Coach Jake. It's certain days that I don't even feel like getting up and coming to the mm. gym and training. And Can it's, I just say it's so powerful to hear another man just admit the fact that, like, I didn't want to get out of fucking bed. I'll tell him. I'll call him. And, I'll, and it was certain days he would tell me, and that's the thing, Coach Jake, that we really built a camaraderie. It was certain days he'd be like, just don't come, mm. you know? Because he went through some crazy yeah, shit. you know? I, I So the first time I went and trained at Genesis, I got to sit with Jake and talk to him, and I was like, he told me about the pandemic and what happened with his daughter. And uh, and I was like, just asking him questions about as a coach, how did that, how did that make you a better coach? And he literally said, it gave me more empathy for what people go through. And I was like, fuck, mm. man, I got to work on that in my own business because I'm so intense with everybody all the time. Jake's deep, man. He's got a lot no, of good like, wisdom. It, it fucked me up because I was like, man, I got to be a better empathetic coach or, or leader. Um, yeah, it sounds like the same way you get nervous and you means you care about something. The secret is like feeling your emotions is caring about yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but do you, what do you look for in like a coach or a mentor? Cause it sounds like you have like a lot of good coaches and mentors along the way. Is there a way you like kind of narrow down who you want to work with? Uh, yeah. In, in the aspect of it, it's a feeling for me. It's a, it's a feeling like I, I, I can feel, you can feel when somebody cares about you. You can feel when somebody wants the best for you. You can feel it. You know, people don't have to talk and, and do this and that. It's, you can feel. Like, I could, like, once me and Coach Jake had a talk, man, we sat in the room. You look somebody in their eyes. You feel their emotions. You could feel he wanted to be, help me. He wanted to be successful. Mm. He wanted, who doesn't want to be successful? My success right. is your success. You know, if we both do it together, it's even sweeter. Yeah. That's like I was telling him, like, the, uh, I'm going to put, that's why I'm going to put the, uh, my trophy they gave me in the, in the, in the gym. Dope. Because that's where I got it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, me put, going home and looking at it at home every day is like, no, the gym is where I went and got this, mm. this trophy. I earned it in the gym. So it wouldn't make sense, it wouldn't make sense for me to put it anywhere else but that. Yeah. Because if I didn't have this gym and have these people around me that helped me even get to this point, I wouldn't have even been able to, to be in a position to get that. Yeah. And so I just show gratitude for where it's due and, and or like go back to saying, me picking Coach Jake, we had an emotional moment. We talked, and we realized we both go through our own things. And like he said, God brought us together for a reason. And you just got to believe that and just go to work and just train and just believe that, you know, this is God has a plan for us. And being in that fight, it's just being in that moment. And you, when you realize, like, we were just working left hooks in the back before I went out for that fight. But you don't know. Yeah. You don't, it's like a muscle memory thing. Yeah. You're just throwing it. It's just bomb, bomb. And, I'm, and then all of a sudden, I throw it in the fight. And it's like, oh, shit. And then he, he went down. You yeah. know? And I was like, oh. You know? And, I was, you know, and it was one of those days. Like, yeah. And I honestly attest to us doing it right. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk shit about these guys. Yeah. We didn't do anything. All we did was train, mm. you know, because who, who would say they weren't nervous? I know these guys are good. I know you're a good fighter, but that's why I'm going to just push forward and train even harder for you. And I don't need to talk shit about you. I'm not going to say I'm going to beat Zach up or I'm going to do this or that. It's going to show in there. You know, all I need to do is focus on our training. That's all we did is focus on ourselves and our training. And we didn't come from a bad place. It was never no bad blood. It was mm. never nothing. Wait, I kept that's it deep, at, bro. We kept it at just a, just a success. I want to be successful. You know, I don't want to, I don't have bad blood towards you. I'm, you want to win. 
I want to win. I want to win a little bit more because that's why I'm going to focus on myself a little bit more and not focus on you. Mm. You know, I'm going online talking about you and this and that. For what? That means I'm taking away from me. I'm taking yeah. away from the time I could be getting better and, and giving myself good energy and good thoughts in my head, you know? And it's like, it's those little seconds like that, those little thoughts. It's like, why am I going to give you my thoughts? Fuck that, you know? Mm. I'm, I'm going to be giving myself that shit. I'm going to do good. Focus on yourself, Mo. You're going to do good. Yeah, don't put do negative this. out. No. Bring, that, bring positive yeah, in. Yeah, I'm not posting about you. I'm not going to post about none of that shit. I got enough going on. I just got fucking beat up by Grant and Chris. I'm over here focusing on, on how to fucking get back think, in these I books. think that's one of the greatest life advice ideas. So I, when I first came to Colorado, I got, I got saved and really into church. And I was at this, I was at this uh, um, Sunday service. And this guy, they had brought in this guest pastor. And he was talking about just, if you just focus on being the best leader for you, Period. And it starts like if you're a family man, lead yourself as a man, it'll trickle down to your kids. Lead yourself as a CEO, blah, blah, blah. I think that's one of the greatest life advice pieces we've ever had on the show is like, just stay in your lane, do the training, do the work, don't get caught up, uh, and the results will, it'll pan out, right? 100%. I love what you're saying though, that like there was no negative about it. Like, it wasn't. Like, don't get me like, wrong. Like, no shit talking or man, like. I, we could sit up here all day, man, and say these things and say, but it's like, the truth is, the truth is, is like, like I told, like I told everybody that you know they've asked about it. I found a group of guys that I connected with, that I bonded with, that helped me. That you know, that helped me in terms of help me train. At the end of the day, training is you know it's an energy thing. You have to be able to be around the right group of guys to really elevate yourself to a better level. And when I found that got that group, this group was salty. You know, mm. and, and there's nothing. It's you mean nothing. like you mean like other gyms where yes. you're walking in the vibes exactly. just fucked up. And like, it's like, and I feel like there's no. Like why is everyone mean mugging? Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like fuck. there's no need to be like that. When everybody's training, you have your own purpose and you're doing it for all the right reasons. There's no need to ever feel like that. Mm. But people, but then it just shows you in this life that we live, everybody doesn't do it for the right reasons. Everybody yeah. does it for their own mm. self reasons. Motives, their ulterior motives yeah. and their self reasons. But then that's why I was like, I got to just do it for the right reasons, which is my success, the success of my coaches, the success of my team. And once I started, once I really got out of that aspect of trying to please everybody and do what everybody, like, oh, I'm going to do this and that. And then you realize half of these people never even got to the level you're at. Yeah. So why are you trying to even, shit. why are yeah. you trying to like, let's, you know, have somebody tell you something that ain't never even got to this level. You don't even know the pressure that I'm probably under or what right. I'm feeling, you know, because you never put yourself in that type of pressure. Not saying they're not good coaches that have never, like, that didn't have a good fighting careers because there are a lot of good coaches that didn't have good fighting careers. But when in terms of being at a high level, I found a group of guys that really helped me. And these those guys over there, it's it was more negative than positive. Mm. And when you always come from a place like that, I feel like you won't be successful. Mm. And it trickles down. Yo, it's crazy because I was telling Chris the first time I ever went and trained at Genesis, uh, I was like, the vibe here is so good. Yeah. Because I've been to other gyms in the city where you're like, why? It's so like... It's so like uh, like mean mugging. Like every time I walk in, someone's mean mugging me. I'm like, dude, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to take your spot. I don't even fight. I'm just here to fucking not be fat. <laughs> I'm just here to be around the boys. I'm just here to train. Like Genesis. I, and then that talk I had with Jake the first day, I was like, man, I get why guys want to fight here. I get, I get. Like that gym should be almost bigger. Like I feel like Jake deserves. And I know he's getting his yeah, credit, but yeah, I just I, feel like yep. it's such a good group of dudes from you and Grant and like. 
it, the vibe is awesome. He doesn't push for it. That's the thing. And that's what I like about him as a coach. Honestly, is like, I don't need a coach that wants to be a celebrity mm. because when you're a coach, you're supposed to be coaching me yeah. and you're supposed to coach everybody else there. And, and it's like a father, like not a like father, a mentor, like a mentorship. You. Yeah, it, you're supposed to build everybody else up, which is like a very a good leader. Uh, unselfish, last. It's an unselfish job and you're supposed to build everybody else up really. But there's coaches yeah. out there that want to be in front of the camera that want to be the celebrity, but they don't want to fight. They don't want to be the one in there, but they'll tell you you did a shitty job or they'll fucking, they'll do every interview they can. And then if you lose, they won't take credit for it. But if you win, they'll take credit for it. There's a ton of coaches out there that uh, just want the shine without the actual mm. fucking risk. Yeah. Life is who, you, you know, Tony Robbins says it. It's cliche. It's like, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your group. I'll show you, your. you know, we rise and fall on the expectations of our peer group. Yeah, the first time I ever met Chris, uh, like one of the first times I ever hung out, like 10 years ago, he sat me down. He's like, hang out with millionaires. Like, do everything you can to hang out with like people that you want to become. People who have a higher standard and who are cool about it. Yeah, There's really people cool. with higher standards who are dicks about it. Yeah. If you can find people who have a higher standard yeah. and they're good people, yeah. Find yeah. as many of those as you can and be around them. Like I was telling, like, it's crazy. I had a, uh, you know how, like, they say you know, the universe, like, I really believe the universe is really, like, What's the word? It's, listening. It, it, it really does listen, and it really does work. Because I, I had a phase, like when I was in Dallas, that I, it was like two weeks, right? You guys grew up in Dallas, right? Yeah, I, I was raised in Dallas, grew up in Dallas. So I was uh, the owner of uh, the Virgin Hotels Dallas. His name is Bill Hutchison. He's, a, he's like close to a billionaire. So I had to, uh, me and a couple of my guys that played for the Cowboys, you know, we, he, we went to a birthday dinner. You know, he was there, and, and he kind of connected with us. And he was like, yeah, I come back to my hotel, this and that. So we're, we're, and he's like, yeah, I can drive with me. You know, we hop in his Rolls Royce and we're just driving. And he's like, and I'm sitting there thinking like, well, this guy's a freaking billionaire. What are we doing in this guy's Rolls Royce pulling yeah. up in his hotel just to go yeah, yeah, into yeah. his, you know. It was and like then, red flags going yeah, off in the car. Right, I own 2,000 rooms. It was, just the, it was just the conversation, man. And it just realized, and then I just was like, this has to be the universe. And then to backdoor that, I went out to Arizona uh, one of my a, a group of my guys invited me to Arizona, and I met uh, he uh, Matt Morgan. He owns uh, like reef dispensaries and all that, like down there in Vegas, like one of the biggest dispensaries. Yeah. So Matt was a, I met him, and then at Matt's house, I met a guy named Casey Thompson, and a lot of people don't even know who that is. He owns DraftKings. Mm. So then okay. it's like a lot He's of doing people, all right. A lot of man, a lot of people don't come around this guy. You can tell. Like not saying in the aspect of like he's not a, a social person because he is, but he's like a lot of people don't get the opportunity to be around somebody like that. They don't want to, and you can see that just how his his conversation was. You know, it's like I don't go around everybody. Like he's like, yeah, man, how how much money they do you think they they're sponsoring with the wool? I'm like, you think a hundred billion? I'm like, I'm just like, oh yeah. I'm just like, I'm just uh -huh. like, yeah. Just talking to him and just, yeah. you know, being there. And then just where I realized, like, and I'll tell myself, like, you know, act like you've been here before. Yeah, this is who you yeah. are. You're on the yeah. same you're, level. I'm on the same. You, he's talking to me, having conversations with me. This is who you are. Act like you've been here before. He knows own his it. value. You yeah. know your value. And he's just like own that shit. And, and, and people and, have a hard time with that. And I did. And you know, even if even if I got a dollar in my pocket. I'll come in the motherfucker and you're going to be like, this motherfucker's rich. Half of the world already still quite thinks that. Like when they'll look at me and see how, like if I, how I carry myself or I put my clothes on or spray some cologne, motherfuckers, oh man, he got money. He's this and that. <laughs> I put Chris's cologne on and they're like, you smell rich. Yeah. It, then it comes to you. We literally exactly. have this talk a million exactly. times and then, the it comes, and then it comes to you. Exactly. Because you, 
You, you manifested it you before it came. It. You attracted it. If I just look like shit every day and say, I don't want shit, you're not going to get shit. Right. You yeah. know, but if you tell yourself you want shit and you want to do this, you want to do that, you're going to always get it. And, uh, and I love that. And, uh, and you know, and that's, that's just who I am. I just, I've always been that person. And I learned that from my parents. Mm. You know, we didn't have a lot growing up. We didn't, you know, but fuck. Well, that one shirt that I had, I would, iron. I would iron <laughs> that shit. Yeah. That one pair of shoes that I had, I would clean that shit every day. I remember motherfuckers thought I had 10 pairs of white Air Force Ones. Because uh, yeah. I literally I would keep clean, clean. You know, yeah. I, have, I have one box of, uh, they're 10s, but I keep them <laughs> Clorox yeah. bleach. So, yeah, you know, now being, at, now being older, I see why these little things uh, made me who I am, mm. you know, because it's like, it's like these little things that you're doing when you're young, you don't understand it until when you get older and you realize they molded you into being this person you are to this day. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's uh, it's uh, it's, it's it's I love it. That's dope. If I would always, tell there's a generation like your generation who's got back into this like '90s sort of like I'm 32, bro. Okay, <laughs> I said the '90s. It doesn't okay. matter how I was old born you are. in the '80s. Dude. Uh, yeah, no, there's like this generation of like like there's no effort into the appearance or or I was just telling. Sharon, so like, okay, I'll shave, Sharon and dude. I came up in the financial world. I, we, I sold my first company when I was 28, but back then we wore $3,000 Burberry suits all the time, right? We were always decked out. And I was just telling Sharon the other day, I was like, man, I want to start wearing suits again, just because it attracts, you put on a nice suit, you put on nice clothes, it attracts. You know how uncomfortable it would be to edit in like a suit downstairs with a tie and stuff? Yeah, you take the jacket <laughs> off. Yeah, I mean, you could change, bro. True. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I wish the younger generation was more, you know, sort of hip to the idea of like the way you present yourself really fucking matters. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Have it you always to... been so, uh, in tune to like the feelings, um, be able to like uh, feel how people feel like how you're talking about that. Um, or you develop it even with like, the meditation and uh, stuff like that. I've always been in tune with my feelings. Uh, but as I got older, it became more of a, it became more like you can't sugarcoat shit, you know, you can't hide it. Like people would say things or like it got to a point where it was one of those two that you always feel like people's energy. Like, let's say you're, you start having success. You could feel if that's affecting somebody else just in how they mm. talk to you now. Yeah. How they or like act around you, yeah. how they talk to you, how they act, how they they move. Because when you didn't have shit, you probably was talking to me every day. Oh man, let's have a call. You know what's going on, Mo? What's we do? But as soon as you have some shit now, or you do something, mm. you can feel people's energy kind of shift. Get ready for Be it, because yeah, it's like you can feel people just like now. You know, it's like, oh man, what can I get out of you? Exactly, or or like I don't, I don't even want to talk to this guy no more mm. because I'm like I'm still the same guy. I don't change, and that's the thing with me, man. That I've gotten to a point where I I don't change. There's no need to change because yeah. when you change, you know, of course, like, you know, you can tighten up and you can be more like self-aware, but I'm not going to change who I am or just because I want to fight. Now I'm bigger than anybody else or mm. I'm anything. I'm not none of that. I'm just I'm just a guy that, you know, I'm just a guy that, uh, you know, believed in himself and and got what I deserved and what I wanted and what I manifested. And now I'm going to go manifest more and, you know, and, and keep working hard. I'm yeah. not going to stop right now just because I won one fight. Now, now everybody's like, oh, what is he going to do? Yeah. You know, he won one fight. Is he going to do what is he going to win another one? He's going to win this. What is he going to do? Is he going to get washed? No. They always I'm, ask what you're going to do. Never. How are you? Yeah. You know, now, now, the work, now the work so, starts. Now the work exactly. starts to so become a world champ. I'm very motivated, man. I'm very motivated in the aspect of 
just you know, just being just being in the moment, just being myself. Yeah. And, and just being in these moments, you know. And that's like Rashad was telling me, like the moments, like before the fight, in the hotel room, just being around your coaches, getting up and doing the shakeout, doing this, doing all these all these little moments. He says when they're gone, they're gone. I was so just gonna be say, in it, yeah. man. He said be in it and just absorb it and be in it as much as you can and just love it. Because when it's over with, you're gonna want it back. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm just really in the moment of life and just, just you know, just doing it. Just Do you guys think that applies to like people again? I, I'm trying to take this and apply it to our world of business. Sometimes I think we, this business has been so hard on us, bro, uh, that I think sometimes we're wishing for a bigger company, more revenue, all those things, buyouts. When we when we should be focused on the fact that this part's hard and weird and and it's a lot of fun though. Yeah, we're gonna look that back. There's gonna be this. a time when we don't have this where we are where we do sell out and it's and it that part's over. Of a giant compound with the two studios. Remember, remember we were in the third floor of Shift yeah, no, having fun dope. podcasting with all these people. You, gotta, you almost gotta have someone remind you too to like you, you seen that picture like you know you look at little things like I love looking at the old like pictures like you seen like Amazon. Yeah, you yeah. had a fucking. You see that shit, and and then now you look one desk bro, with a paper sign. And now you look Amazon. up. Now you look up, and you like fuck, you know. And and I, can you imagine Bezos is like, I really had a fucking desk. One it desk. had doors. Yeah, bro, it was doing all of this shit, and now I got a billion dollar business. Do you think he misses? Right do you think he misses any of that? The the beginning of it, like let's see, I'll pull oh, I the picture. I hit the button about. too fast. First office. Come on, man. So Come dope. on. That's so... 200 so, billion later. It's so motivating. Now he's all jacked and healthy. Okay, looking. so like shit right we only there. have a few minutes left with Mo. I do really want to get yeah, this... Let's uh, watch the video. I really want to get your commentary. So I was just spending some time researching you. I just wanted to get to know you before you came in, and I was uh, doing some digging, and I found you were on the field yeah. when one of the weirdest... I'm, brawls in sports I, I, history. I'm the, see, this is our this is our wildcat package. You see, I'm the I'm the Tron, I'm, I'm, I'm the defensive end at the top right here. You're at the top right, right yeah, here. That's no, one down. Yeah, going down. One down. That's You're me. there. That's okay. me right there. So that's so then we're pass rushing. Boom. And then we're pass rushing. And then that's the ref right there next to me. And he runs right by my face, right there behind me. Boom. But he was a fake ref. He Boom. Was. He was. And then all of a sudden we look, the DBs start fighting, and it turns into a brawl. So fake ref comes on, takes his clothes yes. off. I think the ref, fake ref, blew the whistle. Yeah, he, and then and then we're all trying to figure out what happened, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And, and the, the score is seven then, to four. And, and then it's just panda. It's yeah, bedlam. And then we just start fucking. Everybody just starts going. Oh, 91. That's, that's the that's most successful yeah. streaker of all time. Oh uh, yeah, it was a fucking. Movie. How'd the fight start? Yeah, though? like what the happened? DBs were talking shit to each other. The receivers and the uh, and the defensive backs were just they were just jawing the whole the whole time the whole time because especially when we were blowing them out. Yeah, seven or forty two. So they didn't have nothing to lose at that point. You know, we're 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 literally just blew them the blew the lights out of them, and then, <laughs> and then and they just got so you know angry and. They just it just boiled over on the field, and that was right before halftime. Huh? Right before halftime, seven to forty-two. Before Look at that score, wow. dude. That's so funny. Yeah. So yo, so just one more time. So the fake ref blows the whistle, streaks. Yes, and then the DBs are going at it. You can and see that take off right, right here too. Yes. Fake ref comes. This this guy. Yeah. The, 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 you see, you see where I'm, I'm like right there. I'm ninety-seven. Right there. So I'm like, <laughs> this, this guy fuck? takes off. So I see him take off behind me, and then he's running, and then I look, and then the DBs start fighting. They start fighting. So then, the, the, then, the, then he's trying to like call a penalty and just because so much happened. confusion. <laughs> so he's, like, he's like, oh fuck! Then he runs over there to try to settle that, 
and then it just turns out to this beat. It just turns that we run off the sideline and it turns into this fucking. And we didn't have nothing to lose too because our coach just got fired. So it was like, it was like, it was like, let's Yo, go. I got to say, were you at U of A for all four years? Or? No, I started my first year off at the University of Houston. So um, one of the weirdest nights, and again, I know we got to wrap this up, but one of the weirdest nights I ever had in my life was in Nogales. Of course. Bro. Over there by Mexico. Yeah. So we, yeah, we came down for like a sorority dance. Um, you're in a dangerous. sorority? That's, that's, yeah. That's just kind of dangerous in Nogales, brother. Bro, it got weird. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think I would go to Nogales. <laughs> I, I wish I, I would have known any, you that. I don't think I, any of our sororities would have done anything in Nogales. I wish we would have been boys then and I would have had the warning shot then because it got fucking strange. Yeah, bro. It's Nogales. And if you're calling it weird, it's fucking real <laughs> no, weird. No, it got real, weird, bro. weird. Like, Nogales then we got pulled like, over. Dude, it was bad. You know, you get to parts like that where you got to tuck your chain and, and yeah. do certain things because if they think you got anything, you're... <sighs> You're, you're finished. That night was strange. <laughs> well, Mo, uh, first of all, congrats again. Second of all, I wish you all the success, man. You seem like such yeah. a rad guy. Thank you, guys. I, I wish thank you all, you all the, the wisdom, bro. World. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm constantly learning. So, you know, I just, I'm just kind of just being, just taking what I'm learning and just trying to implement it into my life and or give it to whoever else is going through certain things, you know? Well, we appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much no, for coming you, on. Thank you guys for having yeah, me. Yeah, I was supposed dude, to come out a while man. ago, but me, well, we take after the fight, it would it would have been it's sweeter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. So it's exactly how we we manifested this moment. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah! If you ever want to come yeah. back to your your always sure. welcome. Yeah, bro. Manifestation is real. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. go. It's time to flip the world of soda on its head. The new evolution is here, and it's called Fit Soda. Enjoy flavors like sparkling citrus, black cherry cola, orange cream, and root beer vanilla float. There's no guilt needed because Fit Soda is triple filtered, packed with aminos and electrolytes for hydration. Think it can't get any better? Every Fit Soda is sugar-free and absolutely zero calories. What are you waiting for? Pick up a Fit Soda. Post-show wrap-up of Mohammed Usman. Uh, I think that was one of the cooler conversations we've ever had. Uh, what an incredible guy. What a cool guy. Uh, he talked a lot on the show about, like, you can feel someone's energy. I feel like at the end there, he really, you could feel he's just such a good dude. Yeah, I mean... And I agree with him. You can kind of feel it, at least when it comes to like fighting and stuff, you can tell who's nervous, who's not. Um, but he had some really good insight and especially being so young in his career. Oh, Controlling. Yeah. 33. Yeah. He's 33, he's but this he, is like his, for he did, this is the ultimate fighter. So how long has he been in? Like he won that right yeah. to get to the UFC. I think I saw, he started MMA in like 2017. Mm. So not uh, like I didn't know he was with the the, the the Cowboys. I didn't know he went to the pros. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. I've never asked him actually. But um, Wikipedia will tell us. I, I saw it on Wikipedia. Um, it did say Dallas Cowboys, but I never got a chance. To, mm. I mean, Wikipedia anybody can edit, right? So. Yeah. So one of the things that he said that I love because I get into this trap. Uh, he said, uh, "Preparing for a fight, I just I just have learned to stay in my own lane." Meaning. There's going to be a lot of people barking, a lot of people talking shit, a uh, lot of noise, a lot of distraction. could be easy to focus on your opponent and, and break them down. And, and he just said, you know, I just stay in my lane and I, I just focus on being better. And that's what helps me win. And I think, I think if I'm being open and honest, I've, I've gotten into that trap where I get so tired sometimes of the company and the the, 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 you know, how hard we work. I think sometimes that exhaustion comes, manifests itself sometimes in me being like, if I'm being honest, I'm just jealous of Celsius. I'm just jealous of 
fit it. I'm, I'm really just jealous of where they're at. It's like sometimes, an excuse that you put uh, It's yourself. not an excuse. It's insecurity and jealousy. Yeah. It's me talking shit because, hey, sometimes it's fun. Like, like making jokes. We do it all day long in the office. We rib each other all day long. Um, I think it's part of like being human to make jokes about something, especially when you're insecure. And I'm, if I'm being honest, sometimes me trash talking a brand is, A, the competitiveness, but like some of it's insecurity. I just want what they have. Um, yeah. Have he you ever heard? That, he said... Um that if he focuses on, if he focuses his time, his energy, that it takes away from his purpose. Mm, yeah, it's wasted energy. Yeah, so he Have said you, he loses like his, his, his whole reason yeah. to be here. It's now gone. He loses that. Why did I, why did I start this? Why did I even, how did I get here? That's gone if I just waste it on yeah. what I can say to you on Instagram and mm. Have you in guys, an interview. Have you guys ever heard the quote, Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners. Yeah. There's a... I mean, it's the same kind of thing. One of the Roosevelt's, uh, his wife, what was her name? It was Mrs. Roosevelt, obviously. Uh, No, she said one of her famous quotes was... Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Elmer? Is that what you One of her famous quotes was... (laughs) Elmer uh, Roosevelt, dude. She said, uh, winners talk about ideas. Losers talk about other people. And if you like I, that quote always hits me because again, being a human, there's times you go home and you're like, did you see what Matt did at work? And you're like, <laughs> why does it gotta be Matt? Some great shit. <laughs> Just cause I'm staring at him. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, you like, we like do it. You even do it in friend groups. You talk yeah. a little trash. You, so um, sometimes it's trying to just get out. You're trying to you process what somebody thought, did to you. So yeah. you're like, how do I, yeah, if I'm talking to you about it, I'm like, I really, I want you to walk me through it so that I can get to my answer mm. instead of just stewing on it. Yeah. So if I get someone else's input, I'm like, okay, probably wasn't that bad. I'm just yeah. making it bad. You know what I mean though? Like a lot of, like in that quote, every time I end up like going down that road where I feel like I'm talking about somebody, that quote just pops up in my head. I'm like, why aren't we talking about how to win instead yeah, of how yeah. this person affected like someone dressed at work. I'm just making shit up. No, true. Even in the music, there's producers that hang out with her like, I can't believe this guy got this show. Why is this person playing? And there's other producers that hang out with her like, did you see that new plugin that just dropped by X? Like, oh, I just did this to my chain. Like, I can tell I want to hang out with those people more than the ones that talk shit. See, and I'm guilty of that. And I think, I, again, insecurity is part of it. Um, I think being exhausted a lot is part of it. Uh, but I, I'm so competitive that sometimes that ultra competitiveness in me doesn't want anyone to win ever. The, like if I'm being trying honest, to figure I'm like, out what you, how come I can't do that? Mm. A lot of us trying to figure out you talk shit. Cause you're like, I'm mad. Cause I'm pissed that I just, I didn't think of that. Why can't I do that? Why that, can't I think of this? That goes back to him feeling his feelings and knowing his thing. Cause that's like lashing out on something else instead of internalizing like, Oh, I need to get better at this instead of going, I can't believe that fucker got this show instead of me. It takes a really emotionally intelligent person to, to recognize that though, before it comes out. Yeah. He yeah. was emotionally intelligent. No, I mean, there's like little times when like, even it, it's happened even internally for me. Uh, I don't have a, an example off top, but like I'll see a friend travel somewhere and instead of just being like, dude, that's bitch. fucking sick. That's so dope. You. you bitch. Good for them. I'll <laughs> like my brain immediately. And I don't know if it's because we've worked so hard building this thing that we've denied ourselves life in a lot of ways that we're bitter about it but there's times I'll see someone post something sick and instead of just being like, that's sick and I'm move glad on. That guy has a Ferrari. <laughs> sure. On. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr. Uh, sometimes I notice myself going to that, like, Oh, cool. Uh, 
you're just on another trip. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's be nice to have that kind uh, of money and time. Feeling good for people is less mental stress too. Like if mm. you like start thinking about like, why don't I have this? And you get in a little rut, but then that takes like maybe an hour. If you think about it, you can take 30 seconds and go, hell yeah, have fun on in Italy. And yeah. then you're done with it. Jeff said something the other day, golfing that I, that it's definitely been part of my life is, uh, I tend to make life a lot harder than it needs to be. You said that to me it's today. Everything in your life. I know. I think we all do. Yeah. I mean, or I hope we all do. Cause I know I do. Yeah. I fucking do. <laughs> you guys do too, right? Like, right. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> Even Chris today was like, Maddie, we make life a lot harder on us than we should. I'm like, that's my biggest problem. I don't know how to not do that. It's like it's ingrained like it. Being so a we've... perfectionist, being an ath- being a competitor of any, an Excel competitor, an ultra creative, <laughs> going to the Excel competitions. Yes. It's, it's being a competitor in anything, trying to be perfect. I want to win. I want to be the best. Mm, yeah. So you just, you make it so much harder. So you know, you know that if I'm relating it to a sport, if I'm relating it to fighting, if I'm, I want to win. So I know how hard it is to get there. Everything should be that hard. Yeah. yeah so competition Sharon, builds greatness. Yes. Nobody pushes you. You won't be better. Correct. So an example was Sharon. Sharon. Yes. Can I? So we're talking about this idea of like, come sit down, Sharon, on my seat. Can I tell you the? Can I tell the story in basic <laughs> terms about when you left AFC and you had this sort of, you created turmoil for yourself about doing the next thing instead of just enjoying your life? Can I tell that? So a good example would be Sharon. Like he leaves this company. He's had a lot of success there, and instead of just and he had um, great severance and he had all the money in the world he needed to do whatever he wanted, and. Um, you did, did money? you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you sell me real quick? Yo, you were getting mailbox money for a while, though, that people would, like, shit themselves over, eh? What's mailbox money? Mailbox money means you don't have to go anywhere, and it just shows up. Oh, if you have to tight. ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> oh, so he had <laughs> only fans. If you have to ask that question, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hold on. Let me finish this. Matt, you're going goblin on me. Is You allowed it. That was a good boy for he, a while. He... He leaves, and instead of sort of just like giving himself a month to enjoy the process, to enjoy life, it was like, how do I immediately create more projects for myself to stress myself the fuck out? Uh, or I think even for Sharon in those moments, he was like, man, did I, did I, did I do this right? Did I do? It's like this, it's like this like self-flatulation of like, you know, you're like whipping yourself and then giving yourself more to do. I think you do it to yourself constantly. I think you meant... Flagellation. Flagellation. No, I meant farting. farting. I meant farting. I meant farting. (laughs) Didn't want to say it. Flatulence. (laughs) Self-flatulation. What's the What's the other word? Uh, Flagellant. Flogging. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's almost as bad as this went off the rails. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. You ask me. It's that self-punishment you sort of put. You're like you're not doing enough. And I don't know where we all get that from. I think it's because. But why? Like, Matt, you do it to yourself all the time. It's Another the, good example. I think example. it's a, the culture we have. You go home and you keep making beats for some reason when, like, did you realistically, you could take the next two months off and nothing would change. I think it's culture. It's mm. the culture we're, like, was, has been bred into us. I was Sharon was saying he's, was ter- it was an insecurity of being terrified of not being the person pe- he thought people wanted him to be or should be. But it also goes. Which is what, which is what Mo said. Yeah, but he also said when he's talking about meditation, journaling, you make time for things you love, and if I love it, then I'll just do it when I get home. Like, do I want to watch TV or do I want to do something I love too? Yeah, Yeah, but you push yourself in those moments of like making beats where you 
come on, it affects you. You're like exhausted most days. And you're I like, was up last night clipping late too. But you don't do it because you, you're saying every night in your computer, you love every single second of that. There's it's not a easy, moment. I think where, it's easier to do something like that than it is to be idle and sit and think about. It's almost keeping your mind busy to not. But, fade but off so in this like, moment, I love I, where this conversation is going because idleness is what has created some of the greatest concepts on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. when Newton discovered gravity, he had to leave Oxford because of the plague. And during that time of, of self-flatulence, of, of being alone, of being idle, was what gave him the freedom to think about... Flagellation. Flagellation. To think about the laws of gravity. And he even later wrote, we're so often put into these structures. And this is back in the 1600s, like where they didn't have cell phones and all that stuff. He goes, he basically came to the conclusion, we're, we're, so, we're so pushed into every area of our life and told what to think about so many things that we never take the time to sit there and process anything. And so he sort of started to make this argument. Like he didn't believe in college anymore because they're sort of forcing you into believing certain things that that you're not thinking for yourself. You're just being trained for something. I don't, I would argue like that's why when people take showers, it's because you're just idle. It's letting your brain process shit. So I would, I would argue that idleness is one of the greatest things on the planet. In fact, the Bible says, be still the secret of the Bible essentially for success is be still before me, be still. And I will reveal all things. Now, if you turn that into the universe, it's like, dude, just stop and I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. I but call we're it always, the slingshot effect. <laughs> we know you've said it at every podcast. Have I said it at every podcast? They know <laughs> just it. Just kidding. I'll give a free fit soda. If you tell me the, fits, <laughs> the slingshot effect is in the comments. But why are we all so afraid to be idle now and then? The scary things are fun. in America. I got a crazy brain, man. Wow, but it's quiet. Life, no, nothing's going on. I'm like, uh, I gotta do. Something. I feel like you were. Re- I feel like you were really listening to that. What, I was. Why are you afraid to be idle? Like, is so? I actually had this conversation with somebody. I did. A, I, I uh, was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, man, I have the most trouble when it is quiet and nothing's going on because then my brain goes like a million miles an hour. Could be the ADD. I don't know. But it like spirals out of control, like good, bad, real bad. And like, I just take thoughts and like, and this person was like, you know, that like thoughts are not always real, right? I'm like, no, I know that. All but thoughts like, are, aren't When real. it's quiet, like I'm, I'm a person who sleeps with the fan on. I sleep with like, I, I need noise. Quietness fucks with me. Mm. The same way. I'm like autistic silence, or something. Sil- I don't know. Silence is terrifying. But the same way he got, like you train in the gym isn't there a way to train with being comfortable with silence? I'm yeah. working on it. But maybe the vo- but maybe the voices are trying to tell you something. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's the world, God, the universe, energy, whatever, trying to give you the answers. You're just too fucking like here's one. Scared no, to hear see, them. Yo, see, so, so mine before you go into this, mine is like uncontrolled. It, it's so over the place that it doesn't make sense. So that's what like messes with me because it's almost like confusing to me and it's my own brain. Just take It'll a step like back and watch things go. at once. Your and brain's I can't just even fighting like, with itself. Do you ever, yeah. But do you ever try to stop? Like I had this happen to me this week where I had this, um, I had some of these like negative thoughts pop in, you know, and I'm even trying to get better at this idea of like, I, I, I felt it. I was like, okay. It was something about like raising money and I was just feeling like, um, cause you care, you were having anxious. Yeah. But the world of whatever, whatever that other voice is was going, you can't, you know, 
uh, you know, it was saying all the wrong things. And I was like, okay, Chris, I literally stopped myself and I was like, you're letting, you're letting this sort of bad thought affect you. And what you should do is just, you should, you should go, okay, that, that is a concern. I, I accept it, but I'm going to figure that out and move forward. Yeah. Cause the fear, but of it took a very conscious, it took a very conscious effort for me to have that thought you normally back and felt and normally, it. normally I would have like got on Instagram, had another chew, had a beer, uh, check my emails. You know, like I always used to tell my guys at the insurance agency, like being busy is not being productive. Generally people will, will create busyness because it makes them feel like they're being productive, but you're really not like, like for instance, I used to meet with all these real estate agents when I was in mortgage and every time I'd meet with one of them who wasn't crushing business, be like, Oh dude, I have a meeting with an appraiser. I have this meeting. And I was like, you're just filling your time with bullshit because you're afraid to close people. You're afraid to go knock on doors and deal with the rejection. You're afraid to deal with what is the reality of the situation. Yeah. The more meetings you have talking about things is the less time you're spending executing, executing. what you talked about. Correct. So the more you can prolong it and just keep talking about it, the longer you can avoid doing it. Are we afraid of the truth? Maybe I think we're afraid of you success. Can't handle the more response, more There's responsibility. Also a part of it that's like I, I, we're all guilty of it. But if I sit here and do busy work, I can probably get to. I can probably figure out the problem that I have with this real thing that I'm supposed to be doing, instead of asking around and letting everyone else know that I don't know the answer. But if you, so if I sit here and do busy work, I might think- be able to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and how to fix this problem. But if I stop admit that I don't, I don't know, know how to solve this big problem, then everyone else is going to know that I'm probably not capable of doing this. Yeah. So I'm going to stay here and try and figure it out on my own while doing a mindless email because then people aren't going to interrupt me or think that I'm not doing my work, yeah. when, you know, or not doing what I'm supposed to do. Or if I'm supposed to be training, if I, you know, I'm icing. So I'm like, Oh, I just, I just need to do this right now. Cause, but you, you're trying to, not say like, I don't know how to do this one thing and I really need help with it, but I'm going to avoid it because I have pride. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to. No, we, we came home from cheat day. Chris was like, I got a lot to do. And we're like, oh, do a little thing first to get the wind. But that was incorrect. Have you ever heard the thing, eat the frog first thing in the morning? It's like an old farmer's term of like, do the hardest thing first. Yeah. Get that out of the way. Because everything easy principle, hard in practice. I, I yeah. disagree with that. Because I, I use this, what we were talking about in the car. Whenever I'm struggling and like, struggling motivation or anything. I do the easiest thing first because you like, you accomplish, you accomplish it. And then you're like, all right. And you get like, totally. I'm with you. If you start with the hardest thing, you're like, maybe I I knew I couldn't do this. What was I doing? I'm fucked. Yeah. That's why they tell you to make your bed in the morning. It's like a win. Like that simple win of just making your bed is, is like, it starts to build momentum. I agree with that. Because if I don't do that, I feel like I'm screwed up for the whole day. Yeah. It's also OCD. It's crazy how afraid even simple things are for us. Like, you're saying something that I've gotten on you about a hundred times. You're such a winner. You're you'll like, there's a specific one that happened with an audit where I was like, you were panicking and you spent a whole day like, and I was like, just call him and ask him. No, I'm going to figure Tell it out. Tell the IRS to and fuck she, off. And she did. I have. That's right. She dude. did. And the guy was like, figured it out for you in 10 seconds. But there's something in that competitive, if you have that competitive heart, that competitive nature, you don't want to ask. You're like, I'll, I'll fucking figure it but out. Why am I going to ask you for Because I'm, if I ask you, then you get the win. And I have to sit back here and be like, Chris told me how to do it. But see, I'm competitive, but I know my strengths. 
So if I, if, <laughs> I mean, I'm competitive, but if I look at like, say it was like an audit, I'm good at my things. I look at this, I'll give it 10 minutes. If I don't know, I'm like, Hey, I don't know. Like help me. Same. Know your strengths. No, like it's not a weakness. I want all to, the strengths. Okay. It's not a weakness when you know your strengths and weaknesses. It's like growth hormone, <laughs> but I'll spend my time better at like my strengths. And then if you have people to help with your weaknesses then it actually just makes a stronger unit. My strengths is I feel because I've been told so many times how much I can take on. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible how much you can take on. You can just take on everything. And you just put everything on yourself. It's incredible how you get through it all. So if I break that, I'm like, oh but shit! Now what am I going to be told? I know. I get <laughs> you told can take I'm, on some stuff, Gina. Good for you. I get told I'm durable all the time, but I'm yeah. like, oh, like that's like <laughs> a backhanded a compliment. Man. <laughs> that's like a backhanded compliment because I'm like, I used to like feel like some like honor in that. And then now I'm like, wait, to be durable, people have to see you get the shit kicked out. Yeah, you know, I'm with like, you because I'm like, okay, oh, so what whoa. you mean by I can take That's on so deep. much yeah. is that you can walk all over me and tell me what to do. Nobody, Being, nobody called Mike Tyson durable because you never saw him get his ass kicked until like the end of his career. Only things that are durable is things that you use a lot. I'm Teflon. Yeah. I'm Teflon. The Teflon Don. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, that was a good podcast. Thank you. Chris is peeing. I was going to play the pee song. This is like the intermission, but. Uh... Well, Chris, I do have one more of them. And I think because you were, Kamosi, you were talking to this. Is. I mean, well, one thing that you've always been, I think, through all of your fighting, winning wins, losses, is different. Uh, they're not like Kayla told me, it's not a league, it's a. Like there's UFC, there's Bellator. What are they called? Guilds. Promotions. Promotions. I was like, so it's a different <laughs> clans. <league." laughs> clans. Like, it's a promotion, but through all the promotions, you've never lost touch of who Kamozi is. This is who I am. I'm never. I'm not going to change just because I have a new thing here. I'm fighting in a different. You've stayed. You've remained the same. And Muhammad said he was talking about. It doesn't matter what you're winning. What you know, people think you're famous right now, or you had this big win. Just stay true to who you are. Yeah. But he added that his crew, that now the guys that he has around his team and his coach made all the difference. So that's, I think if like you've gone through so many different camps and teammates and coaches and yeah, is that to stay true to who you are? Does it also, you still have to have the right team with you or does it matter for you who you have? No, it does matter because I think what he was saying is that the more, the more like notoriety and stuff you get, if you're around people that start treating you different, mm -hmm. then you're going to feel different. Like when he, he came to the gym the other day, fresh off the win, we were talking shit to him from the minute he walked in the door. Like you're not any different. So like, like Stipe going back to his fireman, yeah. like, like clean the toilets. Yeah, you so were gone a month. You got to yeah. clean toilets now. Yeah. So like. For people listening, Stipe Miocic told us, like, you know, he would defend his world title as a UFC heavyweight champion, but he was still an active fireman. And those guys would pick up his shifts through training camps. So he would fight on a Saturday. Win. And then had get to the belt back. Be world champion. <laughs> he was considered the greatest heavyweight of all time. And then he had to be back in the firehouse on Monday because he had to pick up shifts for everybody that covered his. And he goes, as soon as I got back, like, People would be like, congrats, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they'd be like, it's your turn to clean the toilets and shit. He's like, Here's they didn't plunger treat me. And brush. Yeah, he's like, they didn't treat me any different. They don't give a fuck. They don't think I'm a celebrity. So it and brings I, you back down, like where you're like, I'm back to being human again. Yeah, like, and, I, and I think celebrities feel the same way. Like I've been around enough of them. Like they don't want 
nobody wants to be surrounded by people that like hold them on a pedestal the whole time. Like most people want to feel normal. And I think that that's where they find their real friends are the ones that are like, Hey, shut up. Like, so like you were whatever, saying with like, the coach, like if you have a coach that wants to be a celebrity, yeah. do you really give a shit that I just want? Or is it more because yeah. you're just trying to find the guys that are going to bring you on TV yeah, and you have your name seen? You don't give a shit about the guys that are fighting for you. Yeah. No matter who you are, I believe like I've never been some mega famous person, but I like normalcy in my life. I don't like even when I was in the UFC and stuff after wins and like, all my friends wanted to talk about it. Like that was fine, but like, don't treat me any different. Like the reason we're friends is because like, I'm a fucking person. So are you, I don't think I'm better than you. Just the way that you did before I got this. Yeah. But some people change. And then I think that's what he was saying is like, you start to see if as you grow, they change. That's what what my next point was like. The growth is I'm going to grow. I'm going to keep growing, but I'm still me. Yeah. My career's growing, but not, I'm not changing. Yeah. Your friends and family can be like proud of you, happy for you. But if they start changing the way that they act around you or feel like they need to put on some kind of front, like, I don't think that they're real friends. Yeah. And that we're all people at the end of the day. It's like you have your big, like rich celebrity friend, right? That you've been friends with since you were a kid. But if you stop inviting them over to your house, cause you think it's not as big and fancy yeah. As they should be a part of. You're like, what? What? Just because I have money and have accolades that you don't doesn't mean I don't want to come over to a barbecue and yeah. drink Bud Lights in yeah, the fucking see, backyard. That's like, why I fuck with Kamozi because, like, I'm a little nerd producer and he's like a world class athlete, but we, like, came together in this business and we, like, share. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it, yeah, yeah, we have a common ground, but, like, we're not seeing each other as like, oh, you're this, you're this person. We're like, oh, this is a cool person that I can talk to. And like, do get, I enjoy you stuff. as just a human being? Yeah, it's, it's on that level. I'm like, oh, good to see you, bro. Do yeah. I like you because you have... See you, Sharon. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't know if I can put it any better. It's just your real friends will just treat you the same way. And it does suck like when you meet like, because I don't get, I mean, I think if I met, if well, I met Garth Brooks in real life, let's no, be honest, no, I'd pee my pants and faint. But. No, it's what he was saying. You got to like, he was talking to a billionaire. He's like, I got to be on the same level. Like if I'm around huge DJs, like when I was around Grizz, all my friends were like, oh, Grizz, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I was like, all I did was like, what's up, dude? Because I'm like, I'm on the same level as you. Just like how Mo was talking about, he's the same level as the guy who owns DraftKings. Like, I, don't, I don't see myself on the same level as people because I, I just- You got to feel the I'm same level. I'm just different. I, I don't like being- like, do I want to be your equal as a human? Yeah, I think everyone deserves that. But did you do something better than I did? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll recognize that. You're a better blank than I am. But I don't like, because I don't, I don't get that starstruck moment. It doesn't bother me. I don't care that you have a thing. You're on TV. People want your autograph. But does that make you, are you a different person? Do you want me to treat you that way? Because... No, that, you know, like there's certain, some people in the world that do where you're like, I don't want to, like, you want me to know how cool you important you are. May as well wrap the podcast yeah, up. <laughs> Go ahead and wrap this. And we're out. And see ya. You want to see a magic trick? I'll make a CEO appear. Wow.
This is a Fit Soda Media podcast. Please stay hydrated.